All Flex No Dex is an adult podcast. If you compared us to movie ratings, we'd be rated R. See episode notes for details. Hello and welcome back to Appia. We are All Flex No Dex, an actual play 5e D&D podcast. Today, we have with us Nicole. Hi, everybody. This is Nicole, and I'll be playing Din's Beat, your gnome mage who now has a cute little dragon like everybody else. Hey. And Jasper. Hi, everybody. I'm Jasper. I'll be playing Zenazeri, and I am slowly making a horde of ducks. Duck, 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 goose? Oh, God! No! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Zach. Hey, everybody. I'm Zach, and I'll be playing a dandy lion. And I'm not going to stop my dragon from attacking ducks. That's his rights. Sounds <laughs> like someone's going to go missing. <laughs> ducks are going to go missing. So, last time in Epia, the party identified the holy gherkins and the thomophage mushrooms that the deer were eating and collected what they could before moving on. During their travels, they eventually met Clog Stonebreaker and Tim. After answering some riddles, Tim bestowed to Dinsby a spellbook. Everyone settled down. Dandy read a fascinating story. They found the sword of duck summoning in the bag of safe places, and they found that Blitzwing likes duck meat. <laughs> a long rest was had. It is now morning time. And I believe Dandy was on last watch, correct? I believe so. So the sun's starting to rise and not everyone's awake yet. You're, you're flipping through your books now that you've finished the last one. You're, you're picking which Dwarven erotica to read next. And you notice Clog had somehow snuck out at some point and you didn't notice it. And you see, you clock him trying to sneak back into the magical door and he sees you see him. And you see in one hand, he has about a watermelon-sized stone. And with his other hand, he holds his finger up to his lips for silence. Going, shh. <laughs> and then he, he keeps going to sneak back into the, into the door. Dandy doesn't say anything. Surprisingly moves very quietly back into the door and slowly clicks it. You didn't think, you, you would assume Clog would be encumbersome and make a lot of noise doing anything. Not so much. It is the end of your watch. That happened. What do you do? You wake everybody up? You get moving? Yep. You start waking up everybody. You waking everybody up. Blitzwing has that kind of like tick belly look to him because he's full on duck meat. <laughs> <laughs> he has like duck feathers all over him. He's all bloated. Oh yeah, for sure. Then when you wake up, you you know notice that Ezric is staring at you as you wake up from across the camp, just watching you like a hawk. Uh, but otherwise, your tea dragon Fireclaw is sound asleep on Mister Moose, and the drunk the other ducks are all kind of just like waddle around being ducks around you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will uh, reach out and grab Mister Moose and pick him up as I stand up, holding him. <laughs> okay. Just, I just was able to add the black tea dragon. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. 
Uh, as you guys are starting to pack up, uh, do you eat on the move or do you guys have yourselves some uh, morning breakfast before leaving? Breakfast? Because you guys have deer meat, remember? And you have rations. Right. Yeah, I'm all for the breakfast. Yes, breakfast. Okay, so you guys start getting your utensils out and you start cooking up some of that, that meat and Blitzwing is just begging the entire time. He like gets as close <laughs> to the food as possible. And like you see, like he's like reaching out, like and like, nope, back. And like he just kind of does that like small dog begging where he like scoots back and gives like a big puppy dog eyes staring at you and then staring at the food. Who's cooking? Up to you guys. I was gonna say, I'm gonna have him do a trick if I'm cooking. <laughs> Try and earn his treats. So if you're cooking, go ahead and roll me. Hmm. Roll me a survival. You can roll performance, sure. This is for cooking the food. See how it tastes. That is a 26. Okay. Wow, delicious. So <laughs> it's not so much this delicious. Dandy convinces you guys that this is a particular type of of entree that's only served in some clans. And so, like, it, it just tastes like deer meat. Uh, I'm pretty sure none of you guys actually have seasonings or anything. So it just tastes like no. unseasoned meat. It's good, especially since it's been packed full of that holy gherkin energy. <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily taste like standard meat that's cooked over the, over the fire. And so Dandy really plays it up like, oh yeah, I've had this before. This is, this is the, uh, you know... The the oaky specialty, and uh, <laughs> you have you take him at his word at that. You're like, sure, totally, yep, delicious. Wow, Dandy, this is amazing. Thank you so much. Well, of course. You try to teach him some tricks. Yeah. What are you teaching him? Uh, just sit and stand up. Yeah, I was gonna say you can you can start training him to do. One task as such. You want okay. you want him to do sit. Yeah, okay. I, I do sit. So roll me animal hand, animal handling. I got a sixteen. It does take some time, for the most part. Doesn't listen to you, but you do make progress. Like eventually, you you like force his butt down and make him stay there. You know, and and after you like put him in the position. Eventually, he does stay in that position. And now, I does he understand? Huh? And then I give him some deer meat. Right. It is, it is a work in progress, but you are making progress, though. He is trainable. Once the, the meat's cooked and it's very aromaful, you guys are, are mowing down. And like Kramer from Seinfeld, Tim comes bursting out of the door and goes... Oh, that is a delicious smell. Do we have a connoisseur here? <laughs> I uh, smile very big at him. And I'm like, oh, it's just me cooking. Uh, and his face drops. He's like, <laughs> of course it was the bard. <laughs> uh, he looks to Dinsby. Please tell me it's at least edible. He didn't cook <laughs> it with his dick, did he? <laughs> Jin Sweet will kind of chuckle. Um, 
and say, no, of course not. Mm, yes, of course. He looks at you suspiciously, but he'll come over and he'll, if you offer him any, he'll, he'll take some. He'll try it. I give him some and I smile at him, telling him with extra love just for you. <laughs> Tim is very flamboyant. He's not exactly the most insightful, though, so he's not going to pick up on what you're laying down there. <laughs> he will eat it. I suppose it is pretty good. Yes. What is that? A salty taste. <laughs> you add extra salt? <laughs> I've overdone it on that. Apologies. <laughs> Clog is nowhere to be found. You assume he's still in the extra dimensional space. Mm. With yes. his rock. He's making also extra making uh, he's also making extra salt. I <laughs> uh, see so you guys finish up and um you say your farewells and hit the road. Yep. Him and Clog are going other uh another direction, so or the opposite direction. Uh so you guys say your farewells. Tim bid you guys adieu. Clog eventually comes out. He looks like he's been working out, a little sweaty. <laughs> Everyone mounts up and they roll up the door like a screen projector roll up and put it back on the horse, and you guys part ways. Neat. Tony, quick question about familiars. Go ahead. When I added the tea dragon as a familiar, it added some extra information that familiars cannot attack. Yeah, ignore that. Okay. Familiar is not supposed to attack, but I mean, why wouldn't they be able to? It's the, uh -huh. their their familiars can't attack are the ones that you summon, and so they were trying to bring kind of a balance to the whole thing. Since now wizards can't uh, explode when their familiars die, so oh. familiars have limited uses, and they're not prompted to endanger their familiar now. That way, the DMs don't have to worry about them in combat either. But, and I mean, if you want your dragon to go attack things, I encourage it. I will kill your dragon if you do, but, you know, that's your choice. I'll kill my dragon. Not Isric. Well, not if you one-shot the creature like Blitzwing did. <laughs> <laughs> Blitzwing's a savage. And so everyone packs up, everyone gets on the mounts, and you guys ride. Nicole, are you riding your pony, or are you riding your goat? My pony, Prancy Feet. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. You, you're the only one that has multiple mounts. The goat is currently a figurine. All right. So you guys are trucking along, and you're really close to the mountains. They're very near now. A well-worn trail can be found uh, eventually after a couple hours of riding. And you follow it up, and you're assuming this trail leads right up to the, the mining operation. This is probably where various merchants come down off this trail and then split off to go their own ways in the valley with their ore or whatever trade goods that the deep depths offer. Following the trail up through the trees, 
which, by the way, the trees have grown all over the mountain. A good like halfway up the mountain, if not farther, is all trees, kind of like here in, in Northern California, like uh, up Shasta, you know, how it's mostly trees almost to the top. It's like that here. Okay. You you find this, you follow this trail for a while. Uh, are you guys all abreast or are you guys doing single file? The trail is wide enough you could do either. <clears throat> My preference would be to be all abreast. Yeah, I agree. That's okay with me. You guys, dupe, dupe, duping. I'll use your passives. Zenazari, isn't your passive perception stupid high? Nope, it's 13. Okay, what's... That was Bean. Yeah, Bean has a stupid high one. Right. Fucking Bean. (laughs) I would have seen everything ruining my plans. Hey, not my fault. (laughs) Dandy and Dinsby, what are your passives? 11. 11. You guys are great. After a while, you're getting closer and closer to like probably midway up this mountain, getting steeper, and you're seeing more signs of like what you assume are like mile markers in modern day equivalents. They'd be like rocks that are painted all white, so they stand out and they'll have dwarven uh, numerical symbols on them. And Zen, you hear it first. There seems to be a lot of commotion up ahead of you. Kind of distant right now. But there are definitely people hollering. By the way, Tony, I'd like to point out that uh, Blitzwing has a passive of 14. Okay. Well, Blitzwing, you notice, Dandy, that Blitzwing's head kind of peeks up and he goes (laughs) sniffing the air. He seems to be Smelling something that has his interest. Not like he's hungry, <laughs> but smelling something that is off. Hmm. I'll let the party know that there's some sort of scuffle happening. And as you guys continue trucking and Zen says that, you guys are now like looking, listening out for that that noise. You guys hear it as well. And we hear people screaming. No, you don't hear people screaming. It, there's like shouting. Oh. Hollering. But no screaming. Any weapon noises? Hard to tell from here. Like no clanging, clashing, banging. Not yet. Okay. I'm going to have Azric fly up. And tell him to see what he can see. And then when he gets back, I'm going to ask him just simple yes or no questions so he can nod or shake his head. You can communicate telepathically with him, can't you? I can. Or is that only within 100 feet? Oh, as a familiar. Yeah. That's only because he's a familiar. Yeah, the communication is with within 100 feet. But I'm still going to send him up to scout. Okay, are you going to look through his eyes or just wait for him to come back? Uh, Additionally, as an action, you can see through your familiar's eyes and hear what it hears until the start of your next turn. Yeah, I'll look through his eyes. When you look through a familiar's eyes, you essentially lose your sight in your body. So you have to like pass your reins off to Dandy to keep leading prancy feet. 
you can still feel you can feel the mount and you can hold yourself. You just can't see because your vision is in Ezrix. Oh, well, I'm going to call a stop. Okay. And send Ezrix up to scout. Whoa, okay. boys. Who dare? So as it goes and like a black bullet up into the sky, roll me a perception check for Ezric. Perception. That's wisdom plus his perception modifier. Yes, if he's skilled in it. Yes, skill, our arcana, and perception. And yes. So it's perception plus three. So I just roll a d20 plus three. D. Okay. Zanazari, do you have a helmet? An eight. Um, maybe. I have no idea. Well, wouldn't be a standard helmet. <laughs> oh, that big ass dragonborn head she has. Yes, my dragonborn. Thick. Wearing uh, shoes. That is it. Denizari is wearing shoes. <laughs> Do you have you have basic clothes and then you have your armor? Yeah. So I, I have basic and then I have shiny boots on. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. So no, no helmet. Back to Ezric with the eight. Ezric. First thing he'll tell you, as soon as he breaches the trees, uh, he'll still be within 100 feet, just barely. You'll lose connection with him, but just before he, you do, he does say that um, he sees smoke, like there's fire. And then you lose connection. How long do you guys wait for Ezra to get back? Mm, five or ten minutes. Okay. I'll make sure that he knows before leaving not to, if he senses that he's in danger to come back as soon as ASAP. Okay. So it is about five minutes of waiting. Uh, when you're actually counting the seconds of a minute, not doing anything, it is uh, horrifically long. But five minutes do come and go. He comes back, much like a bullet, like he left, and zooms to your uh, your shoulder. He's got the dragon zoomies. You want to do yes or no questions? Oh, not, I mean, no, if I can just telepathically communicate with them, then we'll do that. I didn't remember I could do that. Okay. He he full on tells you he's the dwarves and the gnomes are in full pitched combat with what looks to be blue kobolds. Oh. Led by a oddly dressed blue dragon worm, wormling. Have I ever heard of blue kobolds? No. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Tell me other companions about that. Correction. There was a blue kobold, and that was Carr's retainer. That's the only blue kobold that you come across. Remember, he painted himself blue. Whose retainer? Carr's. Carondar. Ethan oh. Reynolds' character. Yeah, Sarek. Oh, yeah, Sirak. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sirak. What was that now? <laughs> yep. His name is the name of the bot, but it's changed. Yep. 
That was the rock. He painted himself blue because he wanted to be just like Master because it's his favorite color. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I will relay this information to my companions and ask them if we should move quickly to assist the dwarves and gnomes. Well, I'd say yes. I'd say yes as well. Do I know anything about blue kobolds? Why don't you all roll me history checks? I'm proficient in history. Nineteen. Whatever, I got a seventeen. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I got a sixteen. No, nah, none of you guys, as far as you know, the kobolds you've ever found were various shades of red. This is new. Hmm. Okay. Well, I see this as a good opportunity to ingratiate ourselves with the dwarves and the gnomes, so let's ride. Onward. Hi-ho, prancy feet. Hello, oh, Mr. Pudding. Uh, am I going to get there way before them? Or do the mounts move at the same speed? Ed, that's up to you. Oh, okay. Do you keep pace with your companions or not? Uh, yeah, I'll keep pace with my companions. Okay. Your horse, I'm pretty sure, has a greater movement speed than the, the big-ass mastiff and the pony, but it's, it's entirely up to you how fast you move. My pony moves at 40. What does your horse say? Uh, it says its speed is also 40, which is interesting. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I'm like, wow, 40. Horse standard. Wow. <laughs> so fast. Put the boots of speed on the Mastiff. Make him dog booties. Yeah, that's where you were wanting earlier, but... You're not putting boots of blinding speed on your goddamn dog. Actually, <laughs> I have boots of striding and springing. Uh, so you traded the boots of blinding speed, sorry, because they're dangerous. They are. So you guys go riding, right? On up to the trail? Yes, yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, approaching the commotion, and you'll see that there is a dwarven outpost here. Back behind it, it looks like that might be the main entrance to deep depths. Probably like a, a quarter of a mile, a little bit farther, you know, a little past. This outpost is being attacked by a whole bunch of blue kobolds that seem kind of, seem to be moving stiffly, not as fluidly as, as you've seen kobolds move before. And the blue dragon wormling shouts at them, Give me the shard, peasants! You cannot be trusted to keep it safe. Give it here! And he clocks you guys as you ride up. He turns to address you. Roll me initiative. All right. Ooh, 18. 10. 15. The dragon goes first. Uh, he sees you guys and he bares his teeth at you. And then it almost seems like with your guys' passive insights, you can you can kind of pick up because he doesn't hide it. Uh, like 
almost like he recognizes you and then turns back away from you and continues monitoring the progress of the fight. He turns his back on us? Yes. Then his area is your turn. Nazaria is very confused on why he's ignoring my presence. Um, do if I should attack or if I should just stand there. Um, I will. How many slow moving? Um, Blue lizard things are there. There are a lot, like 20 plus. Are they directly in front of me? No. So from you to the kobolds, it's probably like 200 feet. And between between you and the kobolds is the blue dragon. So he's like 100 feet away? Give or take, yeah. Okay, uh, then I will move up. So remember, you're on your mount still. So your mount can move, and then you can dismount and move as well if you want. Yeah, I'll move 40 feet on my on Mr. Pudding, and then dismount and dash my 30 feet. Okay, so you don't want Pudding in the, in the combat? No, thank you. <laughs> so... Keep in mind, um, when you dismount, it uses half your movement. Okay, then uh, 15 feet. So that's... And then, you wanna, then if you want to dash again, then it's another 30 feet. Oh, I still get that. Okay. So um, dashing will use your action, but it gives you your full movement again. Oh, gotcha. So then I would be pretty much up to them. That's 40 and then 15 yes. plus 30. Yeah, you could be up on him. Um, I'll stay 10 feet away and stop there. Okay. And yeah, just be there, existing for the moment with my weapons out. Bonus action? Uh, bonus action, I will crimson write my uh, purple-bladed scythe. Okay. Uh, Dandy, it is your turn. Uh, Dandy's going to pull his nine life stealer and he's going to charge up to are you dismounting or are you charging all the way up with your mount what are you doing am i able to flank the dragon you'd have to get on the other side of him so you'd have to travel farther than 110 feet oh goodness um also zenizari is not within five feet of him so flanking wouldn't happen until zenizari is within five feet of him yeah. I'll just go ahead and charge up there on my Mastiff going at the dragon. You can dash 80 feet then. So you're still 20 feet away. All right, that sounds good. Are you staying on your mount then? Yeah. Okay. Charge, Dinsby, it's your turn. Okay. <clears throat> we're, <clears throat> we're about 110 feet away. You're about 100 feet away. I was saying 110 for him because you wanted to flank, so you would have had to get up to him and then past him. Okay. 
I want to get up within 60 or so feet before I get off my pony. Okay. So your pony would have to use a dash action action then. Or no. Use your use your movement because it's 40 feet. You want to be 60 feet away, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So you your pony goes the 40 feet and then you dismount? Yes. Okay. So that uses half your movement. I would like to activate my staff of command or staff of the controller, sorry, to try and command the dragon. The worm. Okay. What is the command? The command is going to be halt. Well, that's a natural 20. So he ignores you. Okay. It's like he didn't even hear you. Right. All right. Bonus action? Hold on. Let me see if I got any bonus action spells up in here. Is Dandy still within range of me, or is he way farther up by now? Dandy charged ahead 80 feet, and you moved 40, so he's about 40 feet from you now, unless you got off your mount and moved closer, another 15 feet. I don't know what range you're looking for. Touch. Then he is beyond your range. Okay, that's all. Okay. Oh, I forgot to roll initiative for Ezra. Ezra goes on your turn as a familiar. Oh, it says they have their own initiative. Oh. Well, okay. Go ahead and roll it. If you want. You want him to be a part of this. I want him to be able to be a part of it. He can just go on my initiative because I don't want to keep track of a dice I roll at the beginning of combat. Well, it's I can add it. I was just going to add it, manually add it to my list. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. oh, he gets a 12. Let me check and see if he has any bonuses. Nothing in here says bonus to initiative, so 12. Okay. Yeah, the only bonus would be his dexterity modifier. Mm, he does have a plus two dex modifier. Oh, so you rolled a 12. Okay, so then 14. Okay. Standard uh, standard initiative is the D20 plus your dex mod. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so then Ezric would have went just before you. So is there anything special you want Ezric to do? Yes. I would like him to use perfect focus. At the start of its turn, the dragon can cause a creature within five feet of it. Wait. Oh, choose a creature within five feet of it. The chosen creature has advantage on saving throws it makes to maintain concentration until the dragon uses this ability again. Nice. Okay. So I'm having him choose me, and I have bonus on concentration. All right. Oh. Then it is, then it would have been your turn. So now it is their turn. The 
bluey kobolds are going to assault the dwarves. The dragon is going to continue not really caring about you, I believe. You see here. You guys are rolling up kind of aggressively. I'm going to roll uh, an insight. See here. As you guys are all rolling up, and he can feel the magical energies for command, too. And he's looking back at you guys again and sneer, and he'll cast mirror image on himself. Three duplicates of him appear before you guys. Bloop, 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 bloop. Or bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah. Bloop, bloop, bloop. And it's going to make it a lot harder to hit him. Zenizari, it is your turn. Okay. Um, is there anything in front of him? At like 20 feet? Within 20 feet? No. No? I'm going to try it anyways. He needs to roll a dexterity saving throw, please. What are you doing? I am going to roar at him with lightning. I haven't done that yet. I haven't used my breath weapon before. So that'll be fun. Okay, so what is the... Because it's, it's considered an AoE, right? You can hit more than one target? Yeah, it's a 5 foot by 30 foot line. Okay, hold on a sec here. Trying to determine on if the mirror image takes that or not. Is it dexterity saving throw? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doop, doop, doop. Ugh. The one. Ha. Ooh. Fail. Crit fail. So it's a lightning breath? Yeah. Okay. When you do, it hits him. And it, he just kind of absorbs it. It crackles across his body, and he goes, oh. "Kind of get, he gets that uh, that post tingle guys get when they pee." <laughs> <laughs> he seemed to enjoy it. No damage. Uh, I don't think I like that. <laughs> blue, blue dragons are immune to lightning. Oh, neat. That's cool. Yeah, he thinks so too. <laughs> I would know that because I've never run into a blue dragon thing. Oh, well, you've ran into a blue dragon born. I'm not immune to lightning. I wouldn't know that. Well, you're not a blue dragon born. Okay. You're that edgy variant dragon born that was a slave and then wasn't a slave. I know because I'm cool. Edge lord. <laughs> <laughs> Super edge forward. Um, that's my action. So let's see. What else can I not do? Dun, dun, dun. And you have like 100,000 items that you haven't used yet? Can I use an item as a bonus action? Not unless you took that cork popper feat that I made. I don't even think I have a feat yet. Then no. Or I just didn't choose 
I did choose one. What does this do? Oh, apparently I chose Sentinel. Neat. That makes sense. Sentinel's a dope feat. Yeah. Um, I don't have an item I'd be able to use. I, it doesn't tell me if I can use it as a bonus action or not. Generally, no. When you use an item, it takes a standard action. Okay. Then I will keep my stick for next round. Alrighty then. Up next, let's see here, it is Dandy. So, you said that there are three of them in front of us? Yeah, so all four copies of the Dragonborn did the whole, oh, when they got hit by the lightning, <laughs> all at the same time. It's kind of unsettling. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, how close together are they? Uh, they're They're close together. Within 30-foot cone? Yes. Awesome. going to pull out a uh, fancy-looking horn, and I'm going uh, to blow it at them. My horn of blasting. Okay, what does the horn of blasting do? You can use an action to speak the horn's command word and then blow the horn, which emits a thunderous blast and a 30-foot cone that is audible 600 feet away. Each creature in the cone must make a DC 15 constitution saving throw. On a failed save, a creature takes 5d6 thunder damage and is deafened for one minute. On a successful save, a creature takes half as much damage and isn't deafened. Creatures okay. and objects made of glass or crystal have disadvantage on the saving throw and take more. Okay. So that's not actually casting a spell, correct? No. Okay. So, uh, what do I need? I make a constitution saving throw? Yes. Um, saving throw. He 100% makes that. 25 to save? Oof. Okay, so he takes half the damage. I'm going to say his other three mirror images, though, all pop. Neat. And then there's a 20% chance it explodes in your face? Yeah. Does it actually do something if it explodes? Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, that's a 69%. Nice. So I'm okay. You're good. Good, because that could have killed me. <laughs> uh, he takes 10 points of damage. All right. Oh, and Zenizari, since we're on the topic of percentage dice, can you roll me percentage dice, please? Oh, God. <laughs> ah. Yeah, let me get my dice. <laughs> An explosion doing 10d6 fire damage. You know, I'm standing right there. I'd appreciate it. Oh, no, that would do it to you. Never mind. Don't care. A spicy meatball. It is. 22. <laughs> Don't know what that means, but I'm terrified now. <laughs> Neat. We'll come back to that on your next turn. If the duck is next to me, I'm chucking it. Or the egg, not the duck. Chuck a duck. <laughs> I was going to say, don't you have Ducks. ducks on your horse? You just throw one? Well, I'm not at my horse. My horse is several feet away. But you never know. Mr. Moose might have followed me. Ezric. 
Is Ezra doing anything? Um, let's see. That wouldn't do any good. That wouldn't do any good. He's going to go fly and try to bite a kobold on the outskirts of the fight. Oh, all right. Uh, so what's his movement speed? Because they would be... Okay, so he's going to have to dash to get over there. I moved within 60 feet of everyone. And the kobolds are another 100 feet away. Oh, are they? Okay. So on his next okay. turn, he can engage in combat with them. I'll have them stay flying above... Do any of them have bows? Doesn't look like it. Okay. Then I'll just have them stay flying above until he can attack next turn. Okay. And it is Dinsby's turn. Dinsby can Dinsby get a sleep spell that hit where the radius hits the dragon, but not Zenazari? The 20-foot radius. Does it say that you choose the targets? No, I can't choose the targets specifically, but it does say I can choose um, the point at which it appears. Those creatures within 20 feet of a point you choose within range are affected. And it's like a cube? It's a sphere. Okay, so you can you can put it to where... It, you probably have to get closer. What's the range on it? Uh, ninety feet. Okay. Yeah, you can you can put it out to where the edge of the sphere catches just him. Zenazari is not even in melee combat with him yet, nor is Dandy. Okay. Is that going to catch anything but him? Nope. All right. Excellent. Please roll me. Well, first I have to see if I can even reach his hit points. Hold on. I'm casting this at, huh? I'm going to say, what what level are you casting it? And does the level actually matter? Does it increase the hit dice if you cast it at a higher level? Yes. So every level above first, I get to add 2d8 to my number of hit points. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to be rolling 7d8. Uh, What level is that? Level two. Okay. You start to utter the words to cast it, and he chomps in your direction and counterspells it. I will actually raspberry him. <laughs> you can feel the, the energies forming and starting to work the ways out of your fingertips, and he chomps at you. It's almost like he bit off the magical connection and the magic dissipates from your hands. Then you raspberry him. <laughs> okay. All right, bonus action. Mm. No. Okay. That is all. 
he will. This uh, the Cobalt's turn. They continue combat. Ah, clink, clink, clink. Then it is back to the Dragon's turn. And he will move. He'll move back 30 feet. And he is going to cast Eldritch Blast as an Azari. That's a natural one and a natural 20. One goes wide, and the other one hits you square in the face. Pow, right in the face. So that is 13 points. And then, Zen, it is your turn. At the start of your turn, something breaks in oh, your bag no. that you put in there a while ago. Oh. There's a slight Oh, crunch I know this. How dare you? Bag. And you hear from inside the bag as if it was muffled. <laughs> <laughs> Why did it break now? Because <laughs> Tony remembered it. So... <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was trying to not remind him. Within 30 feet of you, centered on you, music starts playing, accompanying with a command saying, Snap your fangles, do you stab? And I need Zenazari and Dandy. I think you're within 30 feet as well. Because you ran up there, you uh, charged up there with your mount, right? Okay, so you're going to need to give me saves I'm versus broke. the spell Gaius. <laughs> so what? The Fagels. <laughs> Called a Fagel. You got it back. You picked it up back when you left Damon and, and the gnome behind. You found it in the dragon's treasure hoard, and you would put it in your pack. That's why I was asking you for a percentage check every time, because you kept it with you. There's a percentage chance that it breaks if you have it. Yeah, I'm looking for it in my just rolling around so your back. take it off. Did you give me a different name for it, and I just didn't identify it yet? No, I'm assuming it was like the crowns, and you just, you guys didn't write it down and forgot all about it. I have a list of stuff I haven't identified in my notes. But that's not in it. Oh, it's Cheeto Finger in my notes. So there we go. That's what I thought was breaking. That's why I was like, no, the Cheeto Finger. Okay, let me take it out because I so never identified it. <laughs> what type of save are we doing? I had to look up the spell real quick. I need a wisdom saving throw. Wisdom saving throw. 18. I got a 22. Ha <laughs> ha. I don't know if that saves. So an 18 just barely saves. Hey. And a 22 does save. So you resist the charm effect. But you will have to make another save if you stay within this area. There's club music playing within this, this sphere. Uh, there is going to move up to where the dragon went, or the worm, whatever it is. 
uh, make your movement. So that'd be 40 feet then, because you were 10 feet away from him. I can move 30 feet, so I'd still be 10 feet away. Okay. Yep. Um, I will rummage through my bag, and I'm going to take out my stick. I don't know how to use the stick because I didn't identify it, but I've got two things in my bag that are just in notes. Um, and I am going to break it, and I'm assuming that's how you're supposed to use it, and it summons skeletons. Yeah, it literally says stick to summon skeletons. The uh, little goblins, when they gave us the ice cream thingy, that's what I got. Okay. You break it and nothing happens. The magic of those popsicles expires after 24 hours. At least I think that's what you gave it to me. Yeah, that's there was one that summoned two skeletons. Four hours. Yeah, so that's my action. Nope. Oh. Failed. Um. Alrighty then. That is all I can do, apparently. Run up on him and break a popsicle thick, like, ha! And nothing happens, you're like, shit! Throw it away. Yeah, I'm just standing there holding my scythe, like, now what? <laughs> <laughs> Dandy, it is your turn. He moved further away, so I'm just gonna try use my full action speed to get up to him again. You didn't get all the way up to him before. You just moved your mount speed, yeah. and you didn't say you moved again last your last turn. So you weren't ten feet away. You you dashed on your mount to move 60, so you're 40 feet away, and then last turn you didn't say you moved. I was going to. We just kept going, though, so. Okay, so you would have moved another 40 and gone on him? Yeah. And then used your horn? Okay. I'll, I'll allow it. That's fine. Oh, your mount. Your mount understands it. <laughs> Common. Your mount needs to make a save versus the gaze also. Under languages, Mastiff has nothing. Does he? He understands you. <laughs> Fine. How come he has a better save than I do? <laughs> yeah, well, he got an unnatural 20, so. So he saves. All right, so you move up on him. You run up on the, on the boy. Uh, I'm going to stick-stab him. Poke! Okay. And I poke him with a... 26. 26 will hit him. And I do 12 damage to him. Piercing. And that's my action. All right. Ezric, you are within your movement range to Yay. roll up on a kobold and attack. Let's chomp a kobold. Or try to, anyway. Ezric goes up and does the uh, the patented T-Dragon bullet maneuver. 
He's going to do the infused bite. Okay. Um, so what a, what bonuses do I... Is this, it says melee weapon attack plus four to hit. So just a d20 plus four. Correct. Okay. Ooh, natural 20. Wow. Yeah, I'll hit. Okay. So what does the infused bite entail? Well, let's see. So it does 1d4 plus 2 piercing damage. So let's go ahead and roll that. So 4 piercing damage. And you need to give me a con save, DC 13, or be poisoned. He flies down and bites into the cobalt and latches onto its shoulder. It doesn't really react much, and he can taste that it is dead flesh. Oh. It is unaffected by poison. Well, it still takes four piercing damage. Okay. Have you moved up? Because 100 feet's the range, and where you were at last, you were still another 160 feet, I believe. Yeah, I didn't move up. Right. He'd be just out of your range for telepathy. I am going to move up now. Let me see what my range needs to be for this. Hmm, maybe not. I need to be within 30 feet. I can't get that far this turn. So the dragon was 60 feet away from me before it moved. Now it's 90 feet away from me. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, as a bonus action, cast Expeditious Retreat on myself. All right. And that allows me to, on a, as a bonus action on each of my turns until the spell ends, I can take a dash. But I'll have to use my full Wait. movement this turn to dash. I mean, my action to dash. So um, I will dash for 50 feet. And are you going around the bubble or taking your chances to go through it? Okay, so I'll take you a bit then. It'll be a little bit longer distance. And your little feet are... Because they're moving real fast. Uh, the Cobalt's turn. He is going to try to swat Ezric. That's a natural one. It kind of groans, goes, ah, tries to swat him off. Yeah. Uh, then it is the dragon's turn. And it's sick of your guys' shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Zen. Oh, natural 20. Ha. All right, so you both take 12 lightning damage then. You get sizzled and crackled. 
Zach, since you ran up on your mount, he's going to try to eat your mount. Oh, no. Oh. And he takes a bite, and you notice, too, his teeth, they're not just, like, you've seen the other dragon's teeth, and, you know, you know what they look like. This one almost seems like it's, like, metal caps got a grill. on his teeth. They've been modified. He does have a girl. Ooh. That's a natural 20. Oh, my, uh, my Mastiff is gone. Uh, so that's... You were five feet, or you were ten feet away from the dragon, so you're five feet from Dandy. Dandy's Ooh. more or less between you and them. So your mount, I rolled poorly on the damage. So it's... Dead. Ten piercing damage. Right. There's lightning Super damage dead. top of that, too. I get to attack him, since he... Because my sentinel would be provoked, because Dandy is within five feet of me. Dandy's within five feet of you. The creature is not. Okay, so then it would be the creature. It wouldn't be the person sitting next to me. Right, you also need a reach weapon as well. If you're going to, if you had like a spear or something, something that had the reach property, then you could pull something off at 10 feet. Okay. But I... Don't think Sentinel will engage here. And he won't move through my space, so I won't get an opportunity of attack. Correct. All right. So, Dandy. Dandy, roll me an acrobatics check as your mount goes down. Yeah. It's just it's rude. It's really rude. I'm about to eat you, too. Wait, get better. <laughs> That's a dirty 20. Okay, so your mount goes down and you're all, no! And you kind of just roll off your mount and land on your feet. So, good news, you're not prone. Bad news, your dog's dead and you're getting bit. I'm getting bit? Yes, he gets two attacks. That is a 16 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Oh, that's max damage. So that's 16 points of piercing damage. Dead. Yeah, okay, so, <laughs> so it goes, ah! you only have 16 hit points? I got hit with lightning and I oh, had 15 left after that. Okay. Takes a big bite out of the mastiff ah! and like it does a shake and shakes Dandy off, and Danny goes, no, and tumbles off and he lands on his feet. Aha! Pulls a rapier, and the dragon had already let go of the mastiff and swings over and takes another chunk of Dandy's shoulder and it starts shaking him like a dog. Dandy like a stuffed animal. Flails about, dragon tosses him aside, and he falls on the ground limp. Not the first time that you've seen Dandy like that, so you know he's not doing good. Question. Yes. Since I have uh, a, fall, a curse of the fallen puppet, when I see Dandy's mount die, would I be able to trigger that? What does it say? It says, when a creature you can see within 30 feet of you drops to zero hit points, you can use your reaction to install that creature with a final act of aggression. That creature immediately makes one weapon attack against the target of your choice within its range. <laughs> Just do it with Dandy. I was going to say, so the way that's, that's worded, 
technically, Dandy's at zero hit points as well. So you could do either or. Um, <laughs> okay, I will probably do Dandy because he'll probably do more damage than his dog. He just makes an attack then? Yeah, he makes a weapon, one weapon attack. Okay, Dandy, roll one weapon attack with your rapier. Okay. As you're puppeted. <laughs> it looks really weird, too, because you just go down and then, like, from the sky comes red little lines and you just pop back up and attack and then they disappear and you fall again. Mm. That is how I'm imagining it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So, this is probably the best role I'm going to have. Uh, I got a natural 20. Ooh. <laughs> oh, so you steal his life? Huh? You need to tell me that. Uh, constitution saving throw. Okay. If it's if he has less than 100 points. He does have less than 100 points. So that is a 15 to save? Yeah. Yeah, what? Yes, it's 15 constitution saving throw. Okay. So or be slain instantly. So he got a 15. So he, Can, he just... <laughs> I was going to say, I can't give him uh, the disadvantage from my... My uh, unsettling words. You can't because you're at zero hit points. You're being puppeted right now. Uh, you and your stupid heroes don't win ties nonsense. Oh, that That's just written in the rules. It's not a tie. You guys weren't doing a roll-off. Um, you, you hit him and you hit him good. Unfortunately, you do not steal his soul. That's close. You almost got it. That would have been so freaking cool. It would have been. <laughs> 19 damage. Oof. Okay. That'll happen. And then you crumple back down to the ground again. Zenazari, it is your turn. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I got to use that for once. Let's see. <laughs> With a party member. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That works for because he always dies. <laughs> okay. Uh, how far away is Bloody dragon person? Ten feet. Ten feet? Cool. I will move close so I can uh, hit him with my uh, double-bladed scythe. Okay. Uh Twenty-six to hit. Definitely hits. Eleven damage, slash damage. All right. And then, as a bonus action, um, it will break weapon and attack again with one of my sides. So, isn't it an action to break your weapon? Uh, special if you'd attack with your double sided sight as part of the action. Attack action on your weapon, you can use a bonus action to immediately after to make a melee attack with it. This attack deals 1d4 slashing damage on it. So, yes, I can. Okay. It's a special weapon to me. For me. I also have to roll another damage. I got another four because um, my right is still active. Okay. Takes four. Um, 
Radiant damage, sorry. Okay. Uh, four radiant damage. And is he undead? Yes. I would assume not. He's not undead. Cool. And that doesn't affect him. And then I get to roll again to smash him with my break weapon. Uh, 16 to hit. Or I'm sorry, 18 to hit. It's math. Yay. And it says 1d4. So the two. Uh, another two slashing damage. Okay. When you hit him and you cut into him, he stumbles back, and you can see this like dark magical energy starts seeping out of his wounds, and his eyes turn red. He grimaces at you. Oh god! <laughs> Is that your turn? I uh, oh goodness. Uh... Uh, that'll be my turn. I'll leave my sights broken. Okay. One in one, one in each hand. Okay. Dandy, is your turn? I guess I'm doing a save. Yes, you are. Yet again. Okay, I set that up for you, and the dice did not smile upon Two. that. T-S-D-E-T-S-D. <laughs> Fail, buddy. And you have, oh no, sorry, having luck doesn't apply to two. Two is your natural one. Ezra. I don't even have halfling luck. You're halfling? Nope. Oh yeah. That's only for uh, ability checks or saving throws. Or an attack roll. This is a saving throw. Okay. It's a death saving throw. But it applies here, in the future. So it is Ezric's turn. Uh, Ezric will fly back to Din's feet. Okay. When he, and the, the kobold will get an attack of opportunity if he does. Fine. Disengage. Okay. So then he won't be able to dash back to you right away. That's fine. So that's it, right? Just disengaging for this turn? Disengaging and flying. What's his flying speed? 60. And Dinsbeat's moving up. So I will say, and Dinsbeat's in the middle of running, so I'll say within Dinsbeat's turn, Ezric can communicate with you. So what is Ezric wanting to tell? That the kobolds are dead flesh. Okay. And Dinsbeat, that is your turn. You're you gather this information as you are moving up around the disco okay. bubble. Um, bonus action dash to Dandy. Okay. And try to stabilize him. Okay, do you have any special means or are you just doing a medicine check? Just a medicine check. I don't have any healer's kits or anything. Okay. Roll me that medicine check. Try to staunch the massive bite wound in him. Ooh, 19. That's a success. So you you managed to stem the blood flow and keep him from completely dying. Now, because it's I don't have a med kit or anything, that puts him at a zero, but stable? Yeah, he is stable. He doesn't have to make any more death saving throws, but he is unconscious at zero. Hmm. 
The only healing thing I have is the holy gherkins, but you have to chew them. <laughs> you can have you, him chew. Uh, is there any chance that she can see my cloak? I mean, you all can... I'm wearing a uh, cloak of patches. A robe of patches? Oh, yeah. Yeah, robe of useful items. I have one of those, so I would immediately recognize it. Yeah. If you're thinking about the potions, she can rip off a patch and give you a potion, but she might drown you. Yeah. I'm just saying that there's that option. You want to drown on a drink or suffocate from eating the giant pickle? You will wake up after a short rest. So the way that works is that if you're at zero hit points and you're unconscious, after an hour, you'll wake up with one hit point. You'll just have to take a short, mm-hmm. you guys will have to take a short rest. Right. So it's if you want him in combat right now or not, would be taking the gamble. Because you can, you'll, you'll deal with the same ramifications if you try to make him chew up a pickle. Or if you chew it up for him and spit it in his mouth. Oh. I don't think that would work because I would chew it and get the benefits of it immediately. These, these are your options. Either you almost kill a party again, because I think it was Dinsby last time drowned Dandy, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yes. So uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just leave Dandy alone. Yeah. You know, okay. You're you're good now. You you won't die. <laughs> And that was my bonus action and my action, so. Uh, the kobolds keep doing their fighting. And before the dark and menacing-looking blue dragonborn does anything, a great big gold dragon comes like a meteor out from the sky and crashes through the trees and lands before you guys. And it looks like he was attempting to make a graceful superhero landing. When he lands, <laughs> he doesn't stick it. And he goes... What is going on? Oh, and stumbles and crashes into a couple <laughs> more trees. And he, he like he like instead of getting up, he just kind of turns his head and looks at the dragon and he says, What is the meaning of this? Be gone, creature. The blue dragonborn, or not dragonborn, the blue dragon wormling hisses at the gold dragon and looks in your guys' direction. Almost like he's not looking at you. You're not sure what he's looking at. He says, you were supposed to help me. Takes like a half step back and just goes, poof, disappears in a wispy cloud of smoke. Hmm. Does Dinsbeat know what spell that could have been? Roll an Arcana check. Fifteen? You're pretty sure that's probably the Misty Step spell. Ah. Uh. Misty Step has a range limit, doesn't it? Usually about 30 feet. Mm, look around wildly. <laughs> Where'd he go? Uh, you can uh, roll a perception check. As you do, uh, the gold dragon gets up because oh, I am... Uh, oh, <clears throat> and burps a little bit. He says, I am... Terribly sorry about that. Uh, and he looks back to the kobolds, and the dwarves are handily dispatching them now and uh, getting rid of them. It seems like some of them even just fall dead on their own. Uh, It'll be a 17 perception. Uh, you do see uh, a hint of him uh, as he's full dashing away. There he goes. Point. 
some of the dwarves will, they gather up each other and they run off after him into the woods. I'm mostly talking to the gold dragon. Uh, he doesn't seem to be bothered by it. Uh, he seems a little distracted with his own internal uh, worries. <laughs> okay. Um, he goes, well, uh, oh, I drank too much. New friends. Ah, yes. Excellent. Welcome to the deep depth mines. That is where we'll stop tonight's episode. Um, Aww. So, full disclaimer, that's, it's unfortunate, but we will have to take a break for an undetermined amount of time. I have recently acquired a new business called Reading VR in Northern California, and that is going to consume all of my time until I can hire new employees. So until that time, we can't record anything. Hopefully, I can get some other episodes or uh, one-shots up on the podcast. But for a while, we're going to be on hiatus and not be recording oh. our regular episodes. So, womp womp. Yeah. For our loyal listeners, I apologize. I do plan on coming back, but it'll be a while. Probably a couple months at least. But thanks for joining us. Uh, if you find yourself in Northern California, around the Reading area, stop by Reading VR. Come say hi. Good night, everyone. Till next time.